No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have some valuable information for you during the coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade, and I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the expert Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How you doing today, Brian? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear it as always. Hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Well, Brian, summertime is upon us here. I didn't think it was ever going to come with all the rains, but here we are. The warmer weather is with us, and people are beginning to get out and, you know, stretch their legs a little bit. They're sort of discounting that the coronavirus is uh, still going here. And I know that a lot of states have opened up, including us here in the state of Washington. And in some of the other states, though, there's been an increase or a spike in the cases of coronavirus. Even if those cases go up, do you think that we'll ever go back to a stage one, or is it just too important to keep the economy going? Wow, that's a great question. And yeah, it has occurred to me that, you know, every year in the Pacific Northwest, we get our our six months of cold, rainy, miserable weather. And when it starts to get nice, this place explodes, right? You go anywhere and people are out. It's just, you know, crazy time. People don't want to go to sleep at night. They want to stay up late. They want to soak in every minute of it. Well, now you throw a quarantine on top of that during those months and those dreary months. And people are, I think, just going to go nuts this year in our area. They've just got cabin fever on top of the the weather changing. So, yeah, we we certainly are going to be susceptible because guess what, everybody? We don't have a cure yet. We don't have a vaccine. Nothing has changed from when it was you know, really bad and complete lockdown. Nothing has changed in the the medical part of things. So, you know, more people are wearing masks, but I still, you know, if you go out and you look around, well, let's see, half the people have them, half the people don't. Half the stores, the people that work there have them, half of them don't. It's the weirdest thing. So there's no common theme there. 
So until we have a vaccine, uh, we could absolutely be susceptible to another wave. When we do get a vaccine, I think the markets are going to explode. The, the pent-up demand is going to explode and everything like that. But we're not there yet, and we're not really all that close to that. So that is a really good concern there, Jeff. Well, I saw the other day on television in one of the news programs that I watch regularly, the fact that they were really expecting that we have about 42 to 43 million people unemployed. They were expecting that maybe to go a little bit higher. Now, I don't know about the population of the country, but I believe it's somewhere around 320 million. So 320 million people in the United States, 42, 43 million of those people are unemployed. What does that mean for the economy moving forward? insofar as people are just not working, then the dollar's not moving. Yeah, that's another big concern because a lot of people are going, you know, with all these people out of work, nothing's really changed. You know, people are still spending money online, maybe changing their spending habits, all that stuff. But you got to remember that was stimulus checks. That was unemployment checks that were even higher than a lot of these people were earning while working full time. And so that was borrowing against our future. And sticking that money back in the economy makes everybody kind of not notice anything happened. But what happens when those run out? And so that's another big concern. There could be a whole new uh, economic wave because if we don't just keep printing money to give out, then it dries up. And then the real problems, we we kick the can down the road. We're we're really good as a country about kicking the can down the road, printing some money uh, in in the form of selling treasury uh, bonds and just trying to put a Band-Aid on uh, things that really probably need a, a surgery. And so a lot of the areas of our economy do need surgery right now, but uh, we got a Congress that's really good at putting Band-Aids and sound bites up to it. Yeah, as I said, with the unemployment rate as high as it is, I mean, I really don't see in the immediate future that unemployment rate going down a lot. I mean, it is going to go down because some of these businesses are opening back up. But two, I think you've got to remember that these businesses who did with fewer people are probably going to continue to do with fewer people because, as you said, and we very well could have a second wave of this pandemic and coronavirus cases. So all that considered, you mentioned bond rates. I mean, bond rates are really pretty low right now, aren't they? Yeah, it's it's kind of shocking to me. Uh, I think that uh, we're issuing new bonds like crazy. And usually when you issue new bonds like crazy in order to sell them to entice investors, you've got to increase the rates that they're offered at. But just the reverse is happening because there's so much fear out there. Bonds, you know, treasury bonds and high quality bonds are considered safe. And a lot of people just want safe. They don't care about growth. They don't care about earnings. They don't care about liquidity. Just give me safe. And it's not unlike the old days. You heard the stories about people in the Depression. They'd bury their money in the backyard uh, because it was safer than the bank. Well, when you buy a treasury, let's say you go to, well, even if you go to Switzerland or Japan or Netherlands or Germany and you buy a sign up for a 10-year bond, you're going to pay them to hold it. So you're paying maybe 0.4% because their yield is negative 0.4. So if you give them $100,000 today, they promise to give you $96,000 back in 10 years. So basically, they're burying it in the yard and charging you a rental fee for the storage of that cash they're burying. (laughs) So it's we are not too far off that. We're more sophisticated and we don't need a shovel now. But it is the same thing, but maybe even worse. And the U.S. Treasury at 0.65 to 0.7 
isn't too far off burying it. It's it's paying you a little something. You can buy a cup of coffee with a big investment in a treasury, but uh, that's about it. Brian, let's talk about interest rates here. I mean, if you're buying something these days in terms of a home, interest rates have pretty much never been lower than they are today. A lot of people are getting mortgages at under 3%. Those people who have mortgages higher are refinancing them for under 3%. Very good for buyers, but what does this mean for people who want to get into principal protected products that base their return on interest rates? Oh, that's a great question, too. There's a lot going on there because if you're listening to this, a lot of people do not spend a lot of time analyzing their, their debt of their portfolio. So now is a great time to say, should I refinance my house, my business, my everything? Should I pay certain things off that have high rate credit cards? It's it's almost universal. They'll talk to people and they go, oh, I don't know what I pay on this. Well, let's see. Let's look it up. Well, it's 12% on this thing. Uh, your house is at four and a half. You know, you, you could just save thousands of dollars for a couple phone calls and signing a couple documents. I mean, it's just, it, it's almost criminal. If you don't spend some time right now to review your interest costs in your life and and, and correct that and fix it, it's easy to do. So uh, if you don't know how to do it, let us do it for you. you know, I, I, we can do that in our sleep. So that's, that's one aspect of it. I wanted to just comment on, uh, thanks for bringing that up, Jeff. And then on the flip side is, okay, let's say I don't have debt and I'm on the other side, I have investment money. I'm just trying to earn money. I just had a conversation yesterday with a client. He was telling me about his brothers and so forth and how they were uh, more than happy to get half a percent or 1% a year just because it's safe. And um, and he's, he even pointed out whether they're losing money to inflation. I said, yeah, that is a shame because there's so many other places that can get you much better. And that's why we go into fixed index annuities, certain ones. But as you brought up, the ones for accumulation, their rates aren't very good right now. You can get a fixed annuity that's much higher and is a guaranteed payout on that, which which is one step in the right direction. But, you know, my favorite ones are still for the people that it, it makes sense for the increasing lifetime cash flow second to die fixed index universe or fixed index annuities, because they're the ones that, you know, uh, solve a couple things. I don't know a lot of retirees that, that would say to me, I don't know if I like an investment that can't go down in value and will pay me uh, monthly for life for as long as me or my wife is alive and has increases over my lifetime. I have never heard anybody say that's a bad investment. I've heard people say everything else can be a bad investment. I've never heard that. Do you think with interest rates so low, I mean, let's say that you had $500,000 that you were going to invest into annuities, would it be a good idea to maybe hold off until interest rates go up a little bit? Or could you sort of ladder these things and say, okay, I'll throw 100 in right now at this interest rate and then wait and see if interest rates go up a little bit and then throw another 100 in and, you know, just sort of do it that way. Have five annuities, 100 grand each with different interest rates versus just one. (laughs) Well, I've learned a lot from you. I've learned from you, Brian. Come on. That's awesome. Um, uh, actually, it does not matter. And this is where it's different than like the market. So the market, you're saying, well, maybe I need to pick up the right entry point. Maybe a dollar cost average is what you were just talking about. And because what if I get in at the wrong time? Well, with annuities, they have a unique feature that no other investment that I'm aware of, except fixing index universal life, have. And that is they have an annual reset, meaning that it's an annual measurement period typically is the underlying index. And if you picked the wrong time and the market went way down, it doesn't hurt you. You got a zero. 
But you can almost count on that next year when the market recovers, if it recovers that year or the year after, you get a big raise. When you get a raise, you get to lock that thing in and you don't take the loss. So there's almost never a bad time because we don't know what the future holds. If you had a crystal ball, of course, you could pick the day and the time and all that to buy your annuity. But you're not going to be hurt if you went, I bought it one day and then the next day they announced coronavirus and market crashed. I was like, well, great. You just were one of the few people in the world that lost nothing on that investment post-coronavirus. And then that year following or two years following, you're probably going to get a big bump. So that's how the fixed index annuities can really work to your benefit. And the cool thing about the ones that pay cash flow for life, when it's increasing cash flow for life, they also, even after you start taking that cash flow and you had one of those bumps uh, upwards, you get to lock that in as a permanent raise to your monthly cash flow for the rest of your life. And it can't get, you don't ever give it back, even if the market dropped again after that. So if you like what Brian has said and you'd like the opportunity to maybe sit across the desk from him or, you know, socially distanced table, that sort of thing, and get your financial plan, no cost, no obligation whatsoever, you can do that by calling 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. You can also find out more about the firm, of course, online at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We're going to take a quick break, be right back, and talk about how business owners work with Brian here at Madrona Financial Services. All that and more when our show continues after this. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. Has your financial advisor called you lately? If you're retired or about to, you need to know how your money is being managed now more than ever. Madrona Financial Services is dedicated to retirement planning and is now offering virtual or phone reviews to help answer the most critical questions about your money. Call them now at 844-MADRONA to schedule your meeting. The meetings are convenient, safe, and designed to provide maximum retirement income. If you haven't heard from your advisor lately and are unsure about your real exposure to risk or exactly how your savings are invested, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA right now for your virtual or phone meeting. Every minute your advisor doesn't call you could cost you. Get the facts about your money and call the retirement team at Madrona Financial Services now at 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. Again, that's 844-MADRONA, or online at madronafinancial.com. Many people are experiencing unexpected job loss and find themselves in uncharted waters, from some of the largest employers in our area laying off employees to the smallest having to close their doors. This is impacting many of us and our neighbors. Losing a job is hard enough, but with the added stress of what to do with your 401k or other employer-sponsored plans, it can feel overwhelming. At Madrona Financial Services, we are here to help bring clarity, direction, and strategy to your financial world. Our staff of wealth managers and CPAs can answer your questions and provide the type of guidance these times require. You can start by scheduling a complimentary phone call or virtual meeting so we can discuss your personal situation and how we may be able to help. There are important financial considerations when it comes to certain employer-sponsored plans. We'll help explain your options so you can avoid any unnecessary penalties or taxes. Schedule your complimentary meeting today at 844-MADRONA or online at madronafinancial.com. madronafinancial.com that's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. 
Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And today I want to talk about how we work with other CPAs. And Brian, you know, we have spoken before in this program about how people have gotten their wealth. And, you know, a lot of people have gotten it through uh, real estate. Some people have gotten it the old-fashioned way. They've inherited it. Others have gotten it through, you know, starting their own businesses. So I want to talk about business owners today. And again, you know, as you get into retirement, you want to kind of give those things up. You're thinking about selling your business. And we've talked before about what constitutes a business that can be sold. If you're Bob's Pizza and you're Bob making the pizza your own way, it's not a business that can be sold, but if your business can really pretty much run without you managing it, it is a business that can be sold. So let's talk about that a little bit. If someone wants to sell their business and they come to you, how does Madrona Financial Services help someone in that transition process? Yeah, I'm going to kind of go through an example that uh, I've been talking to one of the peop- uh, tradespeople that's coming to my house and helping me out with that. But the first thing I do want to do is talk about valuation. How much is my business worth? Because people have all kinds of crazy ideas about what their business is worth. But before you have a business, as you just mentioned, uh, Jeff, you have to have a turnkey business. You can't have Bob's special pizza. When Bob dies, he's the only one with the ingredients in his head. You can't have a one-person law firm where the guy, a person is a specialist in immigration law, and, and when he leaves the firm, uh, you got a paralegal and a receptionist and somebody coming in that doesn't know anything about that kind of law. That's not a business. That's just somebody starting over. So there's no business there because it's not turnkey. Turnkey meaning you can walk away and someone else can do it. So the first thing you have to do is, is get your business to a point where it's not completely reliant on you. And, and then we have to see what it's worth. Now, one of the ways that we value a business is something called a multiple of EBITDA. EBITDA is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. And so let's say a business, the bottom line, says it, that it's worth or, or that it earned uh, $100,000. And, but then we look, start looking at that. We're going to add some things back that, that were deducted to get to there, but aren't really costs of the business. So depreciation and amortization and, and income taxes and so forth. We want to make it, okay, what's your clean earnings? So maybe we get to the end of that and we go, okay, we got $150,000 of clean earnings. And you say, well, I've got a business worth one hundred fifty. Well, except that when you're gone, we're going to have to replace you. So how much are you taking out in salary? Oh, I'm not taking anything out in salary. Oh, how much would it cost to replace you? Oh, somebody as good as me, probably 150000 Okay, well, let's take that 150000 EBITDA, uh, add back your salary, subtract what it costs to replace you, and the new net profit for the new buyer is zero. So you don't have a business. Now, flip side of that is I've been paying myself a million a year to get money out. I'm like, oh, how much would it cost to replace you? 150 grand. So, oh, okay. So we take the 150, we add the million, to, you know, subtract another the 150 replacement, and now your business is making a million a year without you. Okay, now we're talking. We might have a business to sell. Now that that multiple that that number would then be multiplied in your industry by a factor, and that factor can vary. It can vary from one to two times up to eight or ten, depending on the size of your business. A lot of businesses might sell between three to six times EBITDA, uh, adjusted EBITDA, we'll call it. And so that might be an idea of the valuation of the business. There's lots of ways to you know value a business 
and you should go to a certified business valuation person, somebody certified in this. Don't just take notes down on here, you know, put it down on a piece of paper, give it to someone. Brian said, my <laughs> business is worth a million dollars. You know, that's not what I'm saying here. But that is kind of some of the basic structures to that. And so as you might uh, uh, infer from all of this, there are ways to get your business more healthy prior to when you're selling and more turnkey to allow for it to actually be a business and actually get the top a much higher price. So there's our word for today, EBITDA. For those people listening, want to write that down, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Remember, there will be a test at the end of the show here. Brian, let's talk about the fact that if your business, you know, involves you owning the building that the business is in and also you own the land, I mean, that's something that's got to be taken into consideration. And if you're receiving funds from the sale of the business, it does include the building and the land. The building and the land part, can you roll that into a Delaware statute? trust and maybe then, you know, get some rental real estate money on down the road too? Yeah, I mean, this is, this is where we get to uh, really shine for our clients because, you know, we've talked about valuation and how to get more for the business and all of that. Now there's a bifurcation of how it's going to be taxed when you sell it. Your, some of your business is going to be maybe uh, inventory and equipment. Uh, I've got two different taxations for that. A non-compete uh, agreement, installment contract. I got different taxations for both of those. It could be the real estate separate from the business. I've got a different situation for that piece too. And that could be, and that's the real estate. And yes, you could shelter that with a Delaware statutory trust. So now, now that we figured out how to get a business worth something, we figured out how to value it. Now we're going to figure out how to protect ourselves on the taxes. And now we've got the reinvestment part, which we do also, and the, you know, the whole thing. So we're doing the whole thing. And this, I, I just want to segue here for a bit because I was talking to a potential client. He says, well, do you know anything about this other firm? I go, yeah, I hear them on the radio as much as I hear myself. They're on there all the time. And they got some radio personality saying, oh, you got to use these guys too. So people call them all the time. So, yeah, I know them. Is well, they sell annuities. What's the difference in your firms? I'm like, well, <laughs> okay. I have anybody that listens to this show knows that I can talk about more topics than one. And if all you sell is annuities, I said, let me give you an example. You want a contractor to come out and build you a house. And he shows up and he's got this massive toolbox. And this toolbox has a hundred tools. And you look in the toolbox and you go, wow, you're prepared. You got a big truck, lots of tools. And you look at his hundred tools and he's got 100 hammers. <laughs> and you go, how are you going to build a house with a hammer? All you need is a hammer. You need hammers. And I'm going to hammer you until you hire me to use this hammer to build your house. And I'm saying, well, that's not enough tools to do the job right. Oh, no, that's all you need is hammers. Anybody, that's all anybody needs is a hammer. And I got a hammer for you. And I'm going to hammer you for this. So, and he's thought about it. He goes, you know, you're right. Why, why was he even considering this guy? Yeah, he advertises as much as you, Brian. But all he sells is hammers. So it's always, that's the only tool he has. I'm like, exactly. So I just wanted to point that out because that was just like, really? I'm being compared to a person that only sells hammers? <laughs> Please, <laughs> let's raise the bar here. And I, and I think that advisors should raise their bar, but that's their business. Yeah, so anyway, I mean, so we've got a toolbox. I've actually have a toolbox right here in the studio. You know that. And inside, there's a couple of hammers, but there's a lot of other things in there, too. So, yeah, if you're in the hammer business, that's what you want to sell as hammers because that's how you make your money. You want to ignore that you might need some pliers and saws and wrenches and things like that and air tools too. So you need a, a financial advisor who does have a complete toolbox. 
I want to back up a little bit, Brian. You mentioned about a healthy business. If you've got a business and you're thinking about selling that, let's say, you know, I want to get out of my business in about three years or so, but you don't think that your business is that healthy. How can you come in as Madrona Financial Services and and improve the health of someone's business? Well, there's a lot of things. We already talked about uh, making sure your finance costs are, are in line, making sure it is turnkey or you're get, getting to that. I help people with, uh, even talk about marketing. Uh, clearly, I'm a good marketer. I'm on the radio. I write books. I give webinars. I write, you know, I write articles. I speak. I got digital marketing. I got all that stuff going on. I communicate with through video emails. That's a that's a big big part of a successful business. I do have a paper I can share with you called the Entrepreneur's Wheel: the eight things that you need to do well in order for your business to be successful. It uh, will talk about uh, management, finance, cash flow, profitability, accounting, uh, timing. Uh, having a blue ocean strategy, quality control, all the different things that you have to do well. And and so just kind of reviewing those with someone is one way too. Making sure your accounting data is proper, making sure you're not running all your personal expenses through your business. You shouldn't be doing that anyway, because that's not legal. But if you are, then your uh, EBITDA is suffering and you're going to get a multiple of that to slap you in the face when somebody buys it. Yeah, I, I actually went to uh, this, this CPA once and he wanted to sell me his business. And I sat down with him. Went, okay, let me see your financials. He goes, well, I got this schedule and that schedule. I'm like, you can't prepare a, a income statement for me? He was like, well, no, I don't really track things that way, but I got this piece of paper. I'll write a number down on it. <laughs> I mean, it was that bad. I was like, you're a CPA. There was no chance in the world I am going to make an offer of 10 cents for a business where you can't produce a proper profit and loss and balance sheet comparative to uh, prior years with with good tax filings. It's just not going to happen. And so, uh, and that was a CPA. So I imagine anybody that's not a CPA might be thinking, well, that might be me too. And so there's just a lot of things we could talk about. Well, there are CPAs and then there are CPAs. We've talked about this before. I think you were born, as Bruce Springsteen said, you were born to be a CPA, Brian. So uh, that is one of the services that is offered here at Madrona Financial Services is the fact that there is Bauer Evans CPAs along with the uh, wealth planning firm there. So you get the benefit of both of those. And we all know that taxes, that sort of thing, uh, they go hand in hand with wealth planning. So you do get the benefit of both of them here. If you'd like a plan with a financial advisor, here at Madrona Financial Services. We certainly have some people who can answer some questions for you. If you'd like a complimentary no-cost or no-obligation plan, simply call 844-MADRONA. You all know that by now. That's 844-MADRONA. You can vet the firm online at madronafinancial.com. Brian, I want to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about some tax minimization strategies for those people who are selling businesses and more when our show continues right after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. In today's fast-paced world, we're used to having information at our fingertips. And when you're trying to research something, more information is always better, especially when it comes to retirement planning. That's why Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services, has made his 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement available for free. You can get your free copy by visiting madronafinancial.com. The 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement covers the basics of retirement planning. Brian shares his thoughts on investing, taxes, estate planning, lifestyle, and more. As a CPA and investment advisor, Brian has the knowledge to help make your retirement planning process manageable. Brian has also been a featured speaker on CNBC and Fox Business. The 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement will give you a thorough analysis from an expert. 
Madrona Financial offers beneficial information to properly prepare for retirement. Get your free copy of the 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement by visiting madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. At Madrona Financial Services, we help people finance their retirement so they can spend their time living life instead of worrying about it. The fact of the matter is, your portfolio will likely need to last about 30 years or more. And the sooner you do something about it, the better off you can be. So if you're not 100% sure that your plan is rock solid, call us today at 844-MADRONA for a review. It's super easy. We'll ask you a bunch of questions to find out what's most important in your life and what makes you happy. Next, we'll review your current plan, and then our team will strategize on ways to make your portfolio, your tax strategy, your use of Social Security, and an estate plan better suited for you. At Madrona Financial Services, we want your retirement to be about living life, and we'll sweat the small stuff for you. Call us today for your free review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us at madronafinancial.com. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to continue our discussion about how we work with other business owner CPAs. And Brian, you know, if you're getting ready to sell a business, we talked a little bit about this. And uh, as we said, you know, tax minimization is something that's really, really important. If you do own the land and the real estate, you can do a DST with that. But let's talk about the sale of the principal business. Let's say for the sake of argument that your business is worth a million dollars. Ultimately, you'd like somebody to give you a check for a million dollars for that business. Sometimes it doesn't work that way. And maybe the only buyer that you have is one who needs to pay installments. Is it ever a good idea to take on the financing of a business on your own and take those installments without having a bank involved? Well, a lot of this depends. I mean, ideally, uh, we would coach the buyer into talking to their bank that's certified to do SBA loans and try and get an SBA loan so you can, uh, for the buyer so that they can cash you out. If they can't get an SBA loan, that tells you something right there. Their, their credit or their financial situation wasn't good enough to be able to get the SBA loan. So now I've got, you know, just a red flag. It doesn't mean you don't sell it to this person because you might have a, a type of business where there's never going to be a buyer that has a million dollars to pay you, you know. But that's very rare if your business is worth a million that you find someone that's going to buy it with a million dollars they had laying around the house. And so we have to be creative. So one way I would, yeah, to be to encourage them to, to get uh, to look at an SBA loan. Another way is an installment contract where you take a down payment, you know, whether it's a piece of real estate you're selling or a business. But that has lots of, obviously, if they don't run the business well, you might find you get your down payment, a couple of monthly payments, and then they stop. And then you're taking what's left of your business back, the you know, the, the rags that's left behind <laughs> later and you didn't want in the first place. So that could be devastating to your retirement plan and just to your person, you know, that, that your business just went up in smoke because you didn't get the right buyer. Uh, that would be very harmful. Uh, another way that people sell businesses is something called an earn out. Hey, I'm not going to tell you how much we're going to give you, but I'll give you 20% of gross receipts for five years or whatever it is. 
and then that's another way to do it. So there's different ways to do that. And certainly on the sale of the real estate part, if you're working with your CPA on this and maybe a business valuation person, uh, we can certainly help uh, with the DST part because neither one of them has probably ever heard of a DST. I'll just put that out there. Not that there's something wrong with them or they didn't do their research. It's just not that widely understood. And I'm a national coach on the topic and written a book and articles and speak on it all the time, obviously. So uh, I can help you work with your CPA to explain the DST. I love to talk to CPAs about that. So then I can educate them and then they'll probably have other clients down the road to send my way to help place DSTs. So that's an, another big thing. And I, I was talking in the last segment about a contractor that came to my house and we were chatting about some of this stuff and he really needed a business valuation for a buyout that he was performing on this business that he had. He also then said, well, there's some other things I'd like some help with. And, and so we started talking. He didn't have a proper will or living trust. He's got kids. You know, what if something happens to him? He was about 40 years old. How do we integrate the estate planning into this? Does he set up trusts? Who is a trustee? All this stuff. And I just kind of chuckle because I'm, I'm thinking he's never heard my radio show. He doesn't know <laughs> I actually know all of this stuff. And uh, we were getting to that. I'm thinking, gosh, he's going to be a prime candidate for, you know, he's worried about tax rates down the road because he's a young guy. He's going to be making a lot of money in his business as years go by. He had a great business. He had over 100 jobs in his queue that that were lined up. I mean, he's just going to kill it. And so his, yeah, it was so impressive. And so he, but he's like, taxes are going to kill me. And I'm like, well, okay, we're going to, we're going to be talking fixed index universal life because you're a young person, your cost of insurance is going to be low. You're going to be able to leverage that out and make a kill in there. We're going to structure your business. So you're not paying a corporate income tax or, or paying both paths of social security on all your earnings. We're going to, I, you know, my mind was flying. He, again, I was, I was just, you know, sometimes God puts you in the right place. Yeah. This guy was like, I need all these things. Is that something you can help with? I'm like, you have found the person most uniquely qualified to help you probably on the West Coast. I was just so happy for him that, you know, we ran into each other like that, that I could help him with all this stuff. So that was just an example. And and I'm going to, and so what he did is just went to a CPA and he said, hey, you know, Fred, here's Brian, Brian, here's Fred. You guys work together, work all this stuff out. So I'm looking forward to working with his CPA to help with all these aspects. His CPA is going to be great uh, to do all the, the heavy lifting on the tax stuff and all that, but doesn't work in the world of product uh, like FIULs or premium financing or DSTs or all these other things we do. Doesn't work in some of the other areas that maybe I have more experience with, but together we'll be a super team for this guy to absolutely change his life. Just t- having a conversation one day out in my yard as he was helping me uh, diagnose an issue with my house. Well, that was a match made in heaven. I mean, him meeting you, you meeting him, you can both help each other a lot. I hope he's listening to the radio program this morning. And uh, if he doesn't have a chance to uh, hear it on the radio, I hope you told him that you can hear this radio program on your website at madronafinancial.com. If you missed any part of the show today or you want to hear it all over again, all these shows are available at madronafinancial.com. We're also a podcast, so you might want to uh, go to where you get your podcast and search Growing Your Wealth. Brian, you mentioned that this fellow... Uh, was a married fellow and had some children, things like that. So estate planning would be very, very important for him. What are some of the basics for people listening to us today who may be in his situation, who may have a will, but you know, it may not be good enough. What are some of the basics that someone listening needs to consider when thinking about putting together an estate plan? 
Yeah, well, he was already in a uh, Washington State estate taxable position. And so by putting a paragraph in his will, the Credit Shelter Trust or AB Trust provision, just dropping that paragraph in, hiring an attorney to do that properly, then that doubles his exemption from roughly $2.2 million to $4.4 million, meaning hundreds of thousands of dollars of savings uh, in in most in any circumstance where that were applicable. Uh, the other thing we talked about is setting up trust provisions. Uh, if you don't have that and your sp- you, something happens to you and, and uh, your spouse remarries, inevitably the new spouse's uh, family ends up with the money that you had meant for your kids. So they need to, need to have a, uh, the trust provisions for that. And you have to have the proper trustee so that there is an undue influence uh, around that. If you're later in life and your trustee is your oldest kid, you might have some sibling arguments and disagreements for that. And that can be a big problem. So we can provide, I'm a shareholder in a trust company, a 50-state licensed trust company or, or another corporate trustee or or non-family member for that. We talked about what would happen, what if you leave money to your kids that aren't good with money? Or grandkids, when they turn 18, they can have the money, they're going to blow it. Do you know any 18-year-old that are responsible enough to grow wealth and in a proper manner? You might, you know, but it, it would, you know, you're, you're taking a huge gamble there. So then you can set up uh, trust provisions for that and, and distribution uh, rules on that. Maybe you have a, a distribution that says food and lodging and and uh, maybe uh, education up until a certain age and maybe a distribution age 25, another one at 30, another 35. I mean, if you can think it, you can put it into uh, paragraphs within a will that would kick in if and when it was needed and would not kick in if it was not. And so these, I'm just, you know, just scratching the surface here. I'm not even talking about uh, estate, federal estate tax planning strategies, irrevocable life insurance trust, and, and all the different things that we could be talking about. Uh, I only have, you know, a few minutes on this show. <laughs> but uh, obviously, the, the the information's there. The help is there. You could get a plan to where you know if something happened to you, everything's covered. The life insurance is there. The, the tax savings are there. The control of the assets are there after you're not around to control them. Yeah, you brought up a lot of good topics there about the 18-year-old getting the money. And I mean, if I'm 18 years old and I've been left some money by a parent or a grandparent or something like that, I think the first thing I'm going to be doing is looking for a Porsche 911 Cabriolet, and I'm <laughs> going to spend go. some money on that. Now, I know you can help with taxes and insurance and all that sort of thing. Can you help me with, with the 96 Porsche? Can you can you talk about that one? Well, yeah. I mean, once, you, once you've done all this stuff properly and you've made good investment decisions and, and and you've been listening to this show for a while, hopefully you get in a position in your life where you can afford that, and yeah. that's just fine to do. And that's very often <laughs> my conversation. I'll be talking to people about that, and they're like, oh, him and ha, I'm thinking about buying a car, but I guess our 25-year-old you know, Chevy's okay. Yeah. I'm like, you've got $6 million with me. I think you can buy a car. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, uh, I got to get out my crowbar sometimes or their, yeah. their wallet, you know, just to get them to think of that way. But, you know, just kind of changing their thinking. It's okay to live a little. It's okay <laughs> to enjoy some of the fruits of this. You don't have to save until the day you die. 
Well, Brian, I wish I had met you much earlier in life. You've been such a great influence on me. And uh, truth be told, full disclosure, 21 years old, I went out and bought myself a 1970 Porsche 911 that was really all beat up and uh, rusted through and so forth and so on. I did have that Porsche 911, but boy, that that was a money drain. Once again, 844-MADRONA is the number to call if you'd like to have a chat with a financial advisor here, maybe a CPA on the CPA side. It's a bundle of services that you'll get no place else. 844-MADRONA is the number. You can vet the firm online at madronafinancial.com. Brian, time for a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about the state of real estate in Seattle and King County. This economy, I would think that, you know, real estate's getting harder to sell, but I think we'll find the opposite. So we'll explore that and more when our show continues right after this. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Time for today's edition of Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial. Here's Brian Evans. I've been talking years on my show about how it might be a good time to reassess if you own real estate, especially in the Seattle area, that it might be a good time to consider a Delaware statutory trust so that you can sell your real estate at the top of the market and get out of being a landlord, not have any deferred maintenance to have to pay on repairs that may happen, not have to deal with tenants, not pay the income tax, diversify to other parts of the country, buy newer real estate that's professionally managed and including getting out of the income tax someday with a step up in basis. But now with coronavirus, you know, that came along and that added a new complexity where people that you know had been easy to be a landlord for years, now maybe they're not getting their rents that they used to get. Certainly we've talked about the possibility of rent control coming to the state as it has in Oregon and California. Well now throw on top of that the protests and some of the issues that are coming from that where areas of the city are getting blocked off. You know, your retail is going to die in those, those areas. No one's going to want to go there and spend money. And so there's going to be a ripple effect that job Jobs are going to go away and then rents are going to be more difficult. The quality of your tenants is probably going to drop as far as before. You know, you might have to require a certain uh, income. Now, you're not going to have quite the quality of tenant as far as their ability to pay the rent because they don't have jobs. Uh, a lot of jobs are going to go away with this. So in the end, I think it's a good time to reassess your ownership of investment real estate in the Puget Sound. And that was Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, Madrona Financial, Investments, Retirement, Taxes, and Legacy, madronafinancial.com. Get your free copy of Brian's latest book, The Complete Book of Retirement. It covers everything from the basics of retirement planning to passive real estate investing. Arm yourself with information and take control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for your free copy or visit madronafinancial.com. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about the state of real estate in King County. And Brian, you know, back in 2008 to 2009, real estate, you know, we had a big problem with that in the country. There were places such as Las Vegas and Arizona and so forth where, you know, homes had lost half their value. It was a real buyer's market. And it occurred to me, you know, with the recent situation with the economy, I thought real estate was maybe heading that way. But we do have these low interest rates, which is allowing people to get more home or more building for less money than 
ever before. So let's talk about the state of real estate in King County. What is going on there in terms of prices and sales and so forth? I know you've got some updated information on that. I do, and we're going to talk about some statistics related to that. Some of it was pretty interesting to me. And and the first one I want to talk about is the inventory. So inventory is a sign of, you know, the the supply and demand. And and we live in a very unique area of the country and and of the world, frankly. Uh, We've got this economic force field around the Puget Sound saying nothing can affect us. Your coronavirus can't affect us. You know, uh, world events can't affect us because we got Amazon, we got Starbucks, we got Costco, we got Microsoft, we got all these businesses that are prospering like never before in all in our little area. And so uh, we, we seem to have some kind of force field and it, it certainly spills over to the real estate. As I look at the history of, of listings and what's available, the inventory, you go back to probably the best time ever to buy, maybe 2011. And uh, inventory was pretty high, though. People weren't ready to buy. Uh, interest rates were also higher. So there was about a 3.2 months of inventory then. Uh, 2012, in May, it dropped to 1.7 months, which is probably pretty average nationwide or maybe better than average. But then from then on, it really dropped it to 1.2 and 1 and 0.8 and, and 0.9 and, and in there. And then last year, there was 1.3 uh, months of inventory, but right now there's 0.9 months of inventory. That is means the typical house uh, or the, the the amount of sales in a month. The the listings aren't even a full month's worth of sales, and so there is a very small uh, inventory of houses even post coronavirus. So right now it looks like we have less than a month's supply of real estate, and that's good for sellers, not necessarily buyers. But what about the median sales price for these listings? Are those up, down? What's happening there? Well, that's a very interesting thing because it could be good for both. It's one of those rare situations where it might be a good market for a buyer and a good market for a seller. It's a good market for a seller because you list your property and there's a lot of demand. This stuff, we'll be talking a little bit later about how quickly things are selling. But on the flip side, with interest rates so low, the affordability of the houses is better for the buyer. And so that's also a good thing. So as we look at the history back to, to May of 2011, as I mentioned, the average closed price uh, was $345,000 in King County. Well, you go uh, five years later in, in uh, 2016, it went from 345 up to 560. It topped out in 2018 at 726, a massive increase. Last year was 700, and right now it's 672. So, you know, you're still got almost the all-time high on the sales price for a seller. But at 672, the prices are down a little bit on average, but the interest rates, again, are so low. If you're getting under 3% on a 15-year mortgage, that your affordability has gone way up. Yeah, so we're seeing the prices drop a little bit. I mean, we had a 4% drop from 18 to 19, another 4% drop from 19 to 20. So that is good news for buyers, not the greatest news for sellers. So what are the odds, do you think, of selling some real estate if you were to put it up for sale right now with these interest rates being so low? Yeah, and you did mention, yeah, two negative four percenters in a row. But those prior uh, six years, you had a 15, a 16, a 13, and a 15. So you had massive appreciation leading up to a settling down. The odds of selling 10 years ago was 52%. Then it went to 68% the next year. 
And over the years, it topped out uh, in 2017 at 88%. Right now, it's 84%. Now, a year ago, it was only 72%. So you're again, if uh, the market's hot, and so if you're listing something, your odds of selling are very high. Well, you know, I think timing is everything in life. I remember Johnny Carson had a pillow on his couch at his uh, home there in Malibu, California, that actually said timing is everything. And, you know, when it comes to real estate sales, I think really that those are some really good words to live by. So do you think that timing is really on our side right now? If you're an older person, you're thinking about selling some real estate. Is this a good time to do it? Absolutely. I think it can be a very good time to do it. And I keep talking to people that own real estate and And what they don't get sometimes is that the opportunity is there to help their their life be better. I I don't, you know, if you ask somebody that's got millions of dollars that's in their 60s or 70s, would you rather have some more free time or some more money when you die? You know, you, you think, well, of course I want more free time. What a stupid question. But then I talk to them about the, what they're deciding to do, and they're deciding to not have free time so they can maybe have a little bit more money when they die because they're trying to fix their toilets and hold on to their real estate, and they think they'll have a little bit more money. And so I'm like, okay, well, you just told me I'm stupid to ask a question, and then you're doing the exact opposite of what you said you wanted. So it's an <laughs> interesting thing. And, and if I can solve your problem, I'm thinking, well, wouldn't you want to listen to that? Wouldn't you want more time, quality of, of, of time? And then in the end, probably more cash flow. And that's the other thing it gets you. And so, no, it's a great time to buy because it's not like you're leaving the, the, the world of real estate. You're just letting, instead of you manage it, a institutional real estate company that has tens of billions of dollars of real estate are manage it, manage it. And you're going to have different properties, better diversity, probably better cash flow, newer ones, uh, no income tax with the DST, no management, predictable income. You don't have to worry about tenants not paying their rents or going on a landlord, you know, a rent strike or you don't have to worry about uh, rent control or, or Capitol Hill taking over your property, whatever it is. It's, you don't have to have all that worries and wouldn't that be a good thing in retirement? So no, it's a great time to sell. Yeah, I mean, you could look out your window of your investment property, and all of a sudden there is this zone out there, this autonomous zone that wasn't there yesterday. So, you know, it makes every sense. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world if you own investment real estate that you're actively managing, I think, to do a Delaware statutory trust if you're up there in age and you don't want to do it anymore. I mean, the tax mitigation, the superior management, the fact that you don't have to manage the toilets and the tenants and the trash, but despite all this, I mean, Brian, you just can't figure some people out. You explain all this stuff and still there's some 82-year-old who says, I don't want that stuff. I can't keep my hands on the light switches and make sure everything, nobody can do it like me. You do get those people, right? Nobody can do it like me. (laughs) When was the last time you went to your unit? I'm getting kind of old, you know, I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's that's real. And and you do have to be an accredited investor, a million dollar net worth outside of your principal residence. But that includes the real estate. But uh, yeah, I, I ran it by this one guy that was giving me that, oh, our investment club, you know, none of us want anybody else touching our properties. We're the only ones that know how to do it. And I said, okay, you're talking to who about this? Oh, his name is Fred. Like, so who would you rather have uh, manage your property? Inland Private Capital that's been around 51 years and manages, you know, $20 billion of properties? Or would you rather have Fred? 
You said, I'd never have Fred manage my properties. Yet you're having the conversation saying you won't let anybody else manage them. Okay, well, I'm just pointing it out. You do what you want to do. But yeah, he got to that. He go, oh, you know, you're right about that. And so uh, sometimes it just, you know, you've been doing something your whole life. I get it. And it's hard to switch. But when the switch is, is better, it, it seems to make sense to at least consider it. Yeah, I think that you're really dealing with a psychological factor that you cannot control. There some people, they just have control issues. You know, think about all these things. If you've got some investment real estate, you're thinking about getting out of the business completely. There is a correct order to do this in, too. The Delaware Statutory Trust might be a good answer for you, but I think the first step, if you're even thinking about it, is to call Madrona Financial Services. And, Brian, I mean, we recently had a circumstance where a person decided that they wanted to do it, but they didn't do one critical step. Oh, yeah. It keeps happening over and over and over. I got my money. I sold the property. I'm ready to do DST. And I said, oh, it closed? Yep. I said, where's the money? I got it in my bank account right now. Let's go. You can't do it anymore. You blew it. Yeah, you know, you you can't do a 1031 exchange and save the taxes if you put the bank the money in the bank after the property closes. You got to call us before it closes so we can get you uh, to hire a qualified intermediary. It's an IRS rule. It's required to do this thing to get out of the tax. And I have had in, uh, multiple advisors call me that I've talked to. They've listened to my speeches, read my stuff, I thought. They weren't paying attention, though. They were probably listening to my speech, returning emails. They call me up in the middle of a meeting and say, I'm ready. Let's do this. And I'm like, are you kidding me? There's no qualified intervene here. I'm thinking this. I'm like, oh, geez. Pay attention. You have to hire this. So let me just say, you got to hire a QI before the property closes or there's no tax savings. Again, I reiterate that if you're even thinking about doing a Delaware statutory trust and you're an active landlord, you want to get into inactive status, but you're still a landlord, you're still receiving those rent checks, but that's probably the biggest thing you'll have to do is check your balance and make sure that those checks were deposited. You want all the benefits of that, of course. Ask about the Delaware Statutory Trust here at Madrona Financial Services and check out the website too. It's madrona1031.com. That's madrona1031.com. Well, Ryan, I mentioned that there would be a quiz here at the uh, end of the show. EBITDA, okay? EBITDA, what does it mean? Earnings before, interest, depreciation, taxes, and amortization. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brian, we are out of time for this week. I want to thank everyone for listening to us. The executive producer of Growing Your Wealth, John Capuano. Our director of program operations is the Cookie Monster, Greg Dennett. Our show is produced by the lovely, talented, and dangerous six-degree black belt, our Swedish princess, Stephanie Schoblum. Maite Talavera is our associate producer. Laura McLaughlin's our content supervisor. Josh Toy is our technical editor. Silverboy Pete Gustin is our announcer. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great Saturday. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. Hi, this is Brian Evans, president of Madrona Financial Services. As a CPA and wealth manager, I've had lots of clients who owned highly appreciated real estate. And when it was time to sell that property, they all ran into the same problem, a huge tax bill. Up to now, some of their only options were to either follow the strict requirements of a 1031 exchange for another property or pay the hefty tax on the gain. We have access to another option to help our clients. It's called a DST. With a DST, you can still receive the benefits of property ownership like passive income, but you won't be responsible for all the debt or management. And best of all, a DST may meet the qualifications for your 1031 exchange. 
Now you can potentially defer the tax hit on your highly appreciated property and still get the benefits of investing in real estate. Call us today at 844-MADRONA to learn more about our DST program or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. The news of the day sounds bleak. Schools are canceled. Travel plans have been canceled. Sports are canceled. But good news, your retirement has not been canceled. At Madrona Financial Services, we are focused on the big picture and don't engage in fear-based decision-making. We know this too shall pass, and the future will hold tremendous opportunity. But you need to make sure your nest egg is safe from market volatility today because you don't get a second chance at retirement. If you're unsure about the safety of your retirement income or your exposure to market volatility, you must take action today. Start by registering for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, available now by registering at madronafinancial.com. We'll explain what's happening in the financial world and discuss strategies you can put in place to help your portfolio weather this storm. Don't make decisions based on fear and misinformation. It's time to be confident in your financial team and retirement strategy. Register for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, available now at madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A-Financial.com.